that would be great. My name is Eric Van Zee. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, this time, um, Tom's not sick. Um, this is actually planned. Um, and so I'm, I'm here. A month ago, he got sick, and I had a couple days' notice, and there we went. Uh, but now he decided to give me um, spring forward, and, uh, and, uh, and he decided to go to Hawaii. So whatever. Um, I don't know how this works, but I'm, yeah, I'm along for the ride. But, um, but good morning, and, um, and uh, I'm the family pastor here, which just means I get to work with uh, the children and the youth and college, and also get to do missions, and so love my job, and um, love being here with you this morning to, to worship our God. Um, if you were here uh, a few weeks ago, um, I did show a picture of my wife and I when we were dating. We actually went to homecoming together, and so I threw that up there. I'm not going to do that again. Um, you, you had to be there. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but uh, it really was a, uh, a few months after that time that we took that picture that we actually went on a missions trip together with our youth group. Uh, they were going to Jamaica, so we, were, we went along. Um, we went part of the trip. And uh, when we were on the trip, one of the things that they do is um, we debrief every day. So sitting under the stars in Jamaica, um, you know, contemplating everything that just happened, everything that was going on, um, they, they give you one soda a day. So we had like a Coke, you know, and over, I don't know why they taste so much better. I think they make them different. But we were drinking that one treasured, you know, Coke and talking about our day. And um, my youth pastor, Craig Schwartz, um, told the story um, about Hornan um, Cortez, who, um, who talked about um, when they went, he was a Spanish conquistador. And what he did was he went from Cuba over to Mexico and was going to try and conquer the great Mayan army. And they had been trying, or people had been trying, not them, but people had been trying for like 600 years to do that. With, um, and everybody kept failing. Um, nobody could do it. And uh, he was going over with just 600 men, 11 ships, 16 horses, and uh, his job was to like, all right, guys, let's go, right? And so he's giving some speeches about how to do that. And, um, and you know, the, the men would probably be a little bit like, this is kind of daunting and kind of, I don't know if we can do this. And, and then he gave, um, you know, famous quote of the order that came next, burn the ships, right? So we're burning the ships. And, and what that meant for the men was there's no escape plan. It's kind of success or die. We're all in. We're all committed. We're going forward, and that's it, right? And so when he gave that, um, and, and my youth pastor kind of wrapped it up and was kind of talking about, you know, what does it look like to follow, to follow Jesus? And, you know, we had all these other things we kind of were, you know, liking to do as teenagers. And he's like, no, so it's kind of all in. It's going all in, and it's committed and following Jesus. And he's kind of asking us that question, are you all in? And today we're going to be looking at the story from Luke 18, where Jesus asked a prominent member of the community if he was all in. So if you don't mind, um, you can turn in your Bibles or turn your phones on or keep playing solitaire, whatever. Um, but Luke 18, where's Josh Hogan? Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, told on you. So, yeah. I'm not supposed to be doing that, am I? <laughs> all right, anyway. I'm not Steve Hughes, right? You know, we can, I thought about getting a, a Mountain Dew and just kind of having it here the whole time. <laughs> but that would have been mean, so sorry. Um, I did listen. Uh, so Luke 18, I was giving you a chance to go there uh, if you were turning. Uh, Luke 18, starting in verse 18, going through verse 30. This is the rich young ruler. Yeah, I was, Tom left me to talk about the rich young ruler with you know, our community. This is hard. Talk about money. I was like, what? Thanks. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, the rich, a, a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Do you know the commandments? Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, all these things I've kept for my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor. I kind of thought about just like drop the mic, walk off, right? You know, sell it all, give it to the poor. You know, sing the songs and we'll just kind of go with it. Um, but, that, but Jesus has more to say than, than just, that would actually be easy um, on some level. Uh, but when he heard these things, he became very sad. Um, for he said, he was, for he was very rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, how difficult is it for those who have wealth, and that's all of us, to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for, the, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, um, it heard it said, then who can be saved? But he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And Peter said, see, we have left our homes and followed you. And he said to them, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come eternal life. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, I pray that you would help us to hear your word this morning. Help us see our sin where we tend to trust in other things besides you. Thank you for your spirit, for your presence. Guide us now this morning as we look at this passage from Luke. In your name we pray. Amen. There's a few more of you here at this service than the last one. (laughs) So it's like everybody slept in and came here. Um, The sermon in a sentence is this. Um, The passage leaves us with a kind of a question um, for the rich young ruler. Um, And also, so I'm going to leave us with a question. um, And one that my youth pastor gave me many years ago. And uh, it still rings in my head. What, What has your heart and are you all in with Jesus? Are you all in? Um, where does your allegiance lie? We, you know, we say, I pledge allegiance, you know, to the flag, or, you know, it can be to country, and it can be to our favorite sports teams. Um, it was about last year this time, I was giving Tom, you know, trouble with the Blues, right? I was a Predators fan, and so, and we went to a game, you know, last season, we went into, you know, the Scotch trade, and we were all decked out in Predators gear, right, you know, into the, during playoffs. That was, that was all in, right? That was, my, my son and I, we were kind of like, that was scary, but we were, we were, we were true fans. We were sticking to it. Um, but it can be to a sports team, but really where, what, what drives you? Usually it's not really that. It's kind of a joke with that, but sometimes it can be that. But what drives you? Um, and what's your goal in life? What, what kind of makes you, in a sense, tick? What, what or who are you following today? Um, and what does it look like for us, in a sense, to, to, to go all in in following Jesus? First, the rich young ruler here missed going all in because he, he really just missed the gospel. We talk a lot about the gospel, but we're going to look at it here. Um, he missed it by not receiving the gospel. If you look at verse 18, it says, The ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Right? He's kind of looking at that. What, what, do I, what do I do? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. He was already probing. He was already using his response and calling him good teacher, which was not necessarily normal. He used that into starting to probe into his heart. 
You know the commandments, do not commit adultery. So he lists them. He's like, yeah, I've kept those. Yep. When Jesus heard this, he said, one thing you still lack. And Tim Keller, um, it's up here. He just smashed two of the rich young ruler's assumptions right away. Christianity is something, is, is something that you, oops, I don't have the knot on there, do I? Um, is, is, uh, Christianity is something that, um, oh, the assumption is that you can add, that's it. Christianity is something that you can add or something that you can do, right? That's, that's not true. That's the assumption, right? And he just, he encapsulates that really well. Tim Keller does that. You can't just add it and you can't do it. Um, the gospel here is that you can't earn it, you can't add it, you can't buy it. All those things come out um, for eternal life. We can't do it. The rich young ruler seems to be the perfect candidate, though. If somebody were to be able to inherit eternal life, it might be this guy because um, he was um, well-respected. He was getting into business and had done at least somewhat well. He could have been a little bit of a religious leader. Um, he was trying to follow the commandments, and, and, you know, and so he was you know, seemingly like he was doing pretty good at it. Um, and the richest part of it, the fact that he had means um, in that time kind of meant that God was kind of blessing him. It's like, yeah, you're kind of doing a good job. They kind of thought God was giving him, you know, a pat on the back. Like, look, you're, you're, doing, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. But the rich young ruler in his heart still felt like he was missing something. It was like, I, I'm, there's something missing. And so he went to Jesus with uh, a sincere question, and he asked him about what he was missing. And because um, he, he really kind of thought, I've kind of com- kept all the commandments, and I'm doing it. Um, but then Jesus says that no one is good, only God. The Bible talks that we, we need to even repent of our what? Righteousness, right? Our self-righteousness, that of, our good, of our good works. Because our good works are like filthy rags. They all have a tinge of, of sin in them. And we can't earn our way um, to heaven. We can't earn our forgiveness or earn eternal life. Because really our debt is just way too great. And, and the rich young ruler didn't see that. When Jesus did the Sermon on the Mount, do you remember what he did with the commandments? Um, like the one uh, about adultery? He's like, if you look lustfully at a woman, you commit adultery. Or the, what about the one about murder? If you have hatred in your heart, then you have committed murder. God knows the heart motive. He knows what's in our hearts. And in Proverbs 16, 2, it says, all the ways of a man are pure in his eyes. Right? So we're kind of like, you're looking at yourself, it's like, yep, I'm pretty, it's, I kind of, I'm pretty good. I kind of got it. Um, but God weighs the spirit. He knows what's inside us. He knows our heart. He knows what's going on and, and to the depth of the debt that we owe. So you can't take your, you can't take your good works that you have and then just, you know, add a little Jesus, and then it, and then it works, right? Um, and then hope that you make it into the kingdom. It kind of seems like the rich young ruler was, was doing that. He was kind of rich in his good deeds, and he was kind of looking to Jesus like, hey, good teacher, what else do I need? Like, help me with my theology. You know, it's like going to seminary. Like, just help me out. What am I missing here? Help me out. Let me just plug that little hole that I'm missing or that one thing that I'm doing, um, and, you know, and, I, and I'll do it. And, and this one's a little bit hard for me as well because I kind of want the both and. You know what I mean by that? I, I want Jesus and a little bit about what the world has to offer. And Jesus says, no, Eric, follow me. Follow me, period. You know, it's like, no, follow me. Um, he's blessed me in, in a lot of ways, you know, with, you know, I've got a house and cars and, you know, a wife and kids. I mean, right? He's blessed me. Those are good. The problem comes in when we demand both. We demand the, the, you know, that you want Jesus and blessing. 
right, when we demand it. He really wants us just to be what? All in. All in all that he is that. Jesus is not something that's on the menu, right, that we get to come see, shop, add to our life. Jesus is saying, I I am your life. It's kind of all-inclusive. I am your life. It's not just a a menu item that we just can add to our plate. The rich young ruler is probably accustomed, though, to being able to just kind of buy whatever he needs, whatever he lacks. It's just, you just, you just buy it. Um, I can almost hear him say, like, hey, name your price. What is it? Uh, I'll pay it. Uh, I'll give whatever I have to give um, to get it. I can do that. But Jesus is the heart surgeon, right? He looks inside. He knows what's, what's the problem. He goes in. He knows what's preventing this man from really following Jesus with everything, Jesus is not saying that salvation equals poverty, right? Like you can read this and you're kind of like, oh no, I have to give everything to the poor, right? I have to sell it all. Um, that's not, the, the, the equation that's coming out of this is not, it might be good news for some of you. It might be for you. He might be asking that of you, but that's not overall what he is teaching in scripture. Um, but he knew for this, for this man that that's what he needed to say to him. But salvation does not equal poverty. And because we have a lot of examples in Scripture of men and women in the Bible who have lots of means, and Jesus does not condemn that. You know, you got Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, David, Solomon, right? There's, just, there's a ton of people in, the, in Scripture that, um, that have a lot, and that's not the issue. When, when Zacchaeus, you know, repents, he doesn't have to give everything that he has away. Jesus doesn't rebuke that. And Nicodemus, when he comes to Jesus, he doesn't say, hey, Nicodemus, sell everything, you know, before you can have new birth, you know, before you can be reborn. He doesn't tell him. So there's, there's multiple places in the, in, in the scripture that are not saying that you have to give everything to the poor, and that means you have salvation. The danger is in both poverty and in the life of riches. It's just because you're rich or because you're poor, that, that's not inherently wrong. Right? Neither one of those. Because the Bible encourages us to be good stewards of our money. Right? If we're going to talk money, it's like he's just saying, be good stewards of, of your time, your talent, your treasure, what I've given you. Be a good steward with that. Um, it's good to provide for your family. Right? Um, Jesus, they're kind of like, it's, it's worse than an unbeliever if you're, not paying for, if you're not providing for your family. No, you, you take care of your family. It's okay to, to give your kids an inheritance. And dad, if you listen to the sermon later, it's okay. It's a, it's just, just, I'm just saying. Um, but the rich young ruler missed the, the greatest commandment, didn't he? Uh, the Lord your God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, right? And, and, and so do we. We tend to miss that as well. The rich young ruler had the outward appearance that he loved God with his whole heart. But Jesus saw his heart motive. He saw what was going on inside. And our hearts are, are deceitful. They're, they're idle factories, right? They're deceitful. They put it out all the time. And in Luke 16, it says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Yeah. I mean, so we, we've heard that. We know that. But that's what it's saying. And here in America, we do need to ask ourselves, who are we following? Or what are we following? Are we following Jesus? Are we following money? That is a legitimate question for us. We are all pretty well off in so many ways. We're used to buying what we need. I mean, 
Amazon Prime, right? Who, I mean, don't you just love Amazon Prime? I mean, I get mad if it's not there in like two days. Um, it's, just, it's just changed my life. But this morning, um, we can't just put money in the offering plate, and, or we don't have a plate, but in the, in the chapels in the back, that's how we give here. But um, you can't just do that and, and, and buy Jesus. It doesn't work that way. Um, what do you think, what does then Jesus want? What does he want from this man, and what does he want from you and from me? Well, the answer actually lies in what a story he told just before this one in Luke. And it's um, what he really wants is to have us have childlike faith. And that's what we need as well. So what does faith or childlike faith look like? Well, it starts with the right heart attitude. Um, In the few verses before it, we see this is what it says. Let the children come to me and do not hinder them. For such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So that's kind of the, the see the difference. He's, he's, com- he's comparing and contrasting the rich young ruler with children. Children, kids, can tend to be trusting and less hindered, right? Um, we are to trust in Jesus with a childlike faith. And the rich young ruler, he didn't do that. He trusted in himself. He trusted in his, in his wealth. He trusted in his wealth of good deeds. He kind of trusted in that, looked at that as well, and did not have that abandonment, like, uh, of, in a sense, of faith that children can just can, can have. Um, as Americans, as, uh, um, as West Midwesterners, as, as uh, um, Kirkwoodians, is that how you say that? I don't know. But anyway, as Green Tree people, we actually tend to uh, be, um, value self-reliance. We tend to value, um, put a lot of time, effort, and money into that, of being self-supporting, self-sustaining, Right and looking at it, we want to raise our kids as strong as tough. In fact, my daughter had uh, soccer practice this week, um, one night this week, and uh, it, it snowed, and uh, they still had it. I, I love being here in the Midwest. I mean, the South <laughs> they just shut down. <laughs> I mean, any bit of snow, but we were at Kirkwood High, and it's like snow on the field, and they're out there playing. Um, Kate's not here yet this morning; she's coming to the next service. But but she did want you to know the boys canceled practice. <laughs> I don't know. She, she did notice that part. Um, but, as, but as a whole, um, we tend to have lots of pride in this area. And again, it's not wrong, right, for self-reliance. Those things are not wrong. Um, but in the kingdom of God, things are often upside down to our thinking. Instead of re- reliance on self, it's saying, Jesus is saying, follow me. Um, rely on me. And so it goes to the heart of the matter. It's not whether you're rich or you're poor or, or any of that. It has to do with where are you following? What are you relying on? What are you trusting in at the, at the core of who you are? And so what does that childlike faith look like? As a visual, my daughter, Addie, I'm, I'm throwing her up here at the beach, right? You know, I don't know if you've ever done that, but um, it, it's just, yeah, it encapsulates for me what I think of when I think of childlike faith because she's got, she's got joy in her face. I don't know if you can quite see that, but... Um, Maybe some other times it was terror when I missed her, but, um, but she was, this one, she was like, okay, dad's got it, I got it, and here we go, woo, right? And it's like, she just has her arms wide out, she's just ready to go, and she's like, give me, do another one, you know, and we just, just over and over and over again at the beach, and, um, and really that, that kind of abandonment of just kind of being all in is kind of that idea of what we would be as far as following, trusting our dad, our father, and where he would take us. And, um, you know, where, where is our dad, where is he leading? Where is our father, 
What does he have for us? And we're not always feeling like that, and you're not alone. If it's kind of like, you know, you're kind of like, yeah, I've been dropped before. I got a little, you know, salt water in the nose. I don't know. You know, God, you really got me this time? It's like, you know, there's, there's a little bit of that mistrust, right? And like, I'm not sure I can, I can do that. Uh, I'm not sure I can just kind of wide open, abandon, like, I trust you, God, and everything. Um, you're not alone in that. And really, we need to just pray that the Spirit would, would lead us and that would give us that kind of faith. That's how it, that's how it comes. We can't manufacture that. Um, he calls us to be all in. He says, hey, have childlike faith. Come to me with that. And at the same time, we need him to, to give that to us. So not only did he miss the rich young ruler, miss, miss the, um, the gospel, he also missed the, the greater reward. In verse 22, it says, And you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. And also, um, in verse 28, Peter said, see, we've left our homes. And you just got to love Peter, right? I mean, he just kind of just, just puts it out there um, and says what he's thinking. And uh, truly I say to you, there's no one who has left that, their, their house, their wife, their, their brothers, their parents, all that, who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come. The rich young ruler was holding tight to his treasure and ultimately missed the greatest treasure, Right? The greatest treasure and the greatest reward ever. And that, that really is, is, is Jesus. Um, and that, that reward is in this life. So it's like right now. You know, and it's in the life to come. So it's both and. And when you look at this life, what is that part? Well, part of the, of the real reward is getting to follow Jesus. That is part of the reward. We get to follow Jesus in everyday life. He says, come follow me. And, uh, and it was, that's, that was the invitation that he was given to the ruler. We got, but in, in here, um, Peter's kind of, again, he's questioning, and he's like, but I did that. Hey, Jesus, I did that, right? Like, we're all in, so what does that look like for us? And, and he's saying, yeah, you, get, um, you have the reward now and later. Because Peter's like, hey, I left everything. And in contrast to, to what the rich young ruler did, he didn't. He was holding on to, um, to this life, and he couldn't leave it behind. Peter knew that it was far more valuable to follow Jesus, right, than to, to, than to hold on to the things in this world. John 10.10 10 says that Jesus has come that we might have life and have it abundantly. Following Jesus is not, is not you're not having to, to give up things that are not good for you. Really, Jesus is like, no, really, this is, this is actually better. This is life. We think that we're holding on to something that's going to be, that's going to satisfy us. He's like, no, 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 I will satisfy you. Following me is actually the better reward now. Not just heaven promised later, but right now it is. Come follow me. Jesus sends his spirit to live in us, right? We are free from the bondage of sin and we can follow him. And really, if you look at it, who owns everything anyway? I mean, God owns it all. If you look in Psalm 50, it says, for every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. God's the one that owns everything that we have anyway. We're just being stewards of it. If we're followers of Jesus, we're sons and daughters. We are heir to the, to the throne. He's the one that has it, and we get to be his sons and daughters. That doesn't mean that Christians won't, that, that we'll, that we won't face suffering. In fact, we will. We will face suffering. But Jesus promises to never leave us nor forsake us. He promises that he'll be with us every step of the way. That's part of the reward. I'll be with you. 
The reward is, is being able to have peace in all circumstances. Right? And following him, we can have that. He is in us. And he gives us peace in all circumstances. Living in Christ is living in the freedom of the gospel. It is freeing from bondage. Okay? We are all entangled in sin. And living in Christ is freeing. It's freeing to you. And that's part of the reward. Part of the reward that the rich young ruler didn't, didn't see. That he was trapped up in, in the, the entanglements of being trusting in his riches. And missing the fact of being free in the gospel. But not only is it that, that reward is, is, is now, but there is, there is heaven, right? It is later as well. And that's what Jesus is promising, um, that there is life to come. There's more than just what you see in this life. In John 14, it says, In my Father's house are many mansions. That's cool, right? There are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. Isn't that cool? That, that he's preparing a place for you and for me. In Revelation, it talks about that there's, um, um, there's 12 gates where 12 pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl. I mean, that's pretty big. Right? I mean, that's got to be a pretty big gate. I mean, a pretty big pearl, right, on that. And, and when you look at it, it says that... Um, that the, the city was pure gold. The streets were pure gold. Peter had an eternal perspective. He knew where he was headed. He knew the reward that was in the life to come. And so he kept that in the forefront. And he lived today in light of tomorrow. You see, heaven is real. Right? We get so busy in thinking all the things we're doing today. It's like, you know, we're headed somewhere. And heaven is real. And we're headed there. And that is the reward that is coming. So we have one now and one that is to come. And spending um, eternity with God, I hope it's, it's, it's more exciting to you than just kind of like thinking like somebody's sitting on the cloud playing their harp or something, right? Spending eternity with the God, the creator who made, who's super creative, who made this world, right? He's our God. He's our creator. He's our friend. Spending eternity with him is going to be, it's indescribable. It's going to be awesome. And I hope that we walk away with that vision so the rich young ruler not only missed the gospel and really just the true rewards that Jesus was offering, but he also misunderstood the, the risk that was involved. Can you imagine being asked to sell everything? Um, I don't know what I would say. I'd probably be like, uh, no, I'd probably be the same way. Just like, that sounds too risky. All my earthly possessions, my security here. I mean, that is hard. And people around Jesus were like, if that guy who's a stand-up guy who, who obeys the law, I mean, and, you know, God is blessing him, if he can't be saved, then then who can be saved? That's what they were really asking. Um, and here it says, yeah, and it's impossible with men. <laughs> so it, it's impossible. That's what Jesus said. Um, he said it's, it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And so, yeah, <laughs> and then there's that. <laughs> That's maybe not exactly how it would be. But it, the point is, is still, Jesus is making the point. It's impossible with man to do that. Jesus says to the rich young ruler, sell all, sell it all. Remember the, the guy in 2006, I don't know if you remember this, but it was just kind of all over the news. He was like, you know, um, sold everything and went to Vegas, put it all on red. Yeah, you know, he, is, he, actually, he actually won um, and, he, and he doubled his money. He opened up a gambling business and then went bankrupt. But the point is, it's like, that's a different kind of risk, selling everything, going to Vegas, putting it on, you know, like risking your money. That, that, that's not the kind of risk I mean, it is the kind of risk, but the difference is in this is, are you trusting 
um, risking, in a sense, in money or, or Jesus. And we tend to have it kind of backwards in our thinking that we think that the more kind of stuff, the more insulated we can be, the more insurance we can have, the more, right, all this stuff, like, that, that kind of helps us, that, that, that's, the, that that's not as risky. And um, that, that is actually more risky. Rust, you know, comes to metals, right? Um, the economy goes up and down. We've all seen that. We've all faced that. Um, but Jesus is actually the sure bet. I mean, it's, it's, if, you're, if you're looking at the risk, um, Jesus is God. He is the one that created us. He's the sure bet. He's the one to put, the, in a sense, the money on. But what do we tend to feel secure most in? Um, I don't know about you, but um, have you looked at your, like, 401k over the last year to you know, you kind of follow it? You're like, well, maybe I might, ever, might someday retire. Um, or your house value. Or, I don't know, you, you, we can rest and secure in our friendships or our connections. Um, you know, our... Um, What's in your safe? I don't know. What's in your wallet? I don't know. But, you know, all those kind of things we start to look at that we trust in um, and the kind of car that we have or how much food we've, we've stored up for the next, you know, 20 years. I don't know if you're a prepper. But anyway, um, <clears throat> but we all need God the same, right? Um, and, but for the rich, sometimes we don't always feel it like the like poor do. They feel their need differently than the rich does. And that's what the warning comes from. Um, and we all can get, su- we can all get sucked into that, and we c- can't always seem to find a way out of it. We tend to trust in our stuff, in our circumstances that we have, and uh, maybe even the kingdom that we're kind of building for ourselves here, right? We're kind of building this little kingdom up. And Jesus says um, for us to, to let go of it and follow him, and that's, that can be so hard to do. Have you ever heard of the monkey trap? Um, not that you guys need a catch monkeys. But um, if you did need to catch a monkey, um, in South America and in Asia and Africa, evidently, um, people have found a way to do this. And what they would do is they would hollow out a coconut or a gourd and, um, and tie one end to a tree and make the, make the hole just big enough for you to get your hand into, or the monkey to get his hand into. And then you put a piece of food or something in there that they want, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. So they put their hand in, and they grab it, and then what do they do? Yeah, they will not let go of that prize. That's theirs. And so um, they will risk, and they will give up their freedom so that they don't have to let go of whatever that they are holding on to. And, um, and there's a picture of, of this, that's a picture of me, right? And it's just kind of like just the things that I don't want to, to let go of. Um, I'm willing to follow Jesus in so many ways, but I also want to hold on to some things that I think will make me happy and comfortable. So it's just kind of like, yeah. And, um, and, and what is it for you? What is it that, that you need to give up or unwilling to, to let go of and that we think that we need? That is just, that's just too valuable for me to let go of. I don't want to do it. Um, and we all have those things in our life. And Jesus says today, um, he will save your life, literally save your life, follow me. And that's talking about salvation. For you, it could literally mean salvation. Let go, follow me. For others, it's, um, there's just things that we need to let go of, sin in our life. What sin do you need to let go of? What's holding you back in that? And you, you know what different sins are, right? So what is it that, that, it, that is holding you back? And it could also be good things, you know, um, Good things like family, friends, money, job. Those are all things that are good. But Jesus says, follow me first. Like, look to me first. That's the priority. And, and, and are you willing to give those up if I ask? 
And humanly speaking, we can't just let go. As Jesus knows, we need a heart change. And it's only possible with God through the work of the Holy Spirit for us to do that. And that's what it actually says in the passage, right? It's possible with God. God is the one who changes the heart. And as it went through it, you know, the camel can't go through the eye of a needle. Um, It's like they're asking the question, well, then who can be saved? Who can do it? And well, what is impossible with man is possible with God. God is the one who changes the heart. So today, um, it's, it's to remember that, that it is possible with him to trust him today, to give up our idols of, of money, of possessions, of pride. Um, I don't know about you, but it's, it's a challenge to go, hey, um, Eric, list your sins. It's like, you know, it's like, it's always a challenge, you know, you're like, uh, yeah, you know. and if you're having trouble, um, what we do during Lent time around our table, kitchen table, um, we actually, we have this beautiful cross, or it means cross, crown, and um, it represents when Jesus went to the cross and he got the crown of thorns on his head. And what we do around our table is we confess our sins, and so we think of a sin and we say it out loud, and then we put it in there remembering what we, we are part responsible for putting Jesus on the cross. And so we put that, we put that in there. Um, and sometimes you, you, you hit other things that hurts and you kind of just remember the pain that, that Jesus suffered. But the other thing is, is that when we're going around the table and sometimes it's kind of hard for us to confess a sin, right? And we forget. Well, if you, if you have that trouble, just ask your kids. And they'll let, right? Can you imagine, mom, dad? Um, can you help me out with my sin or my idols? You know, kids, what do you think? What do you think my idols are? Do you think they'll be able to name some for you? Or Honey? Right, wife, <laughs> she, she will too. Um, so, and and for and kids, you know, for your parents, it's really good. They're trying to help and guide you in this life. They know they know where you're at. And if you're kind of having trouble, well, what are my sins? I promise you, ask them. They'll they might be able to think of a few and help you out in that. And so, it's a good exercise and and for us to to confess our sins together and to understand what the idols. What is it that you need to be letting go of? These often are the things that we don't want to let go of. We want to hold on to those things. Um, um, I'm going to conclude with this um, video just because I have to throw a video in. So this, this video is from Despicable Me and um, it helps wrap up what I'm saying. Now, I know there have been some rumors going around that the bank is no longer funding us. Well, I am here to put those rumors to rest. They are true. In terms of money, we have no money. So how will we get to the moon? The answer is clear. We won't. We are doomed. Now would probably be a good time to look for other employment options. I know I have fired up my resume as I suggest that all of you do as well. What is it? Can't you see that I'm in the middle of a pep talk? Yes! Yes! 
it using this and whatever else we can find. <laughs> it translates mostly. Um, the girls, as you see, the point there was, in a sense, that I wanted you to see is that they were all in. That you saw that childlike faith and coming and, and just going all in. They wanted to go to the moon, and, uh, and they wanted to help grew. And, uh, and so they came with all that they had, and they gave it. And, um, and really, if we look at it, the gospel is that God is the one who took on all the risk. He's the one that was all in. He was the one that sent his only son to die in our place. He is the one who burned the boats. He is the one that went all in to risk everything for you and for me. We can't go all in on our own. We are called to follow Jesus, and Jesus, I hope you remember, is the real treasure. Jesus will either turn your life upside down, or you'll walk away sad, like the rich young ruler did. Um, and, and really, um, he does promise, though, life, and life to the full. May God help us in turning away from um, trusting in possessions and stuff. Might he free us? God calls us to burn the boats and to follow him. Let's pray. God, thank you for being faithful, even when we're not. You're the only one who is good. You know us and exactly what we need today. Please show us our idols. Help us to confess our sin and to let go of the things in this world and follow you. Thank you for pursuing us as we continue and continue to get trapped by sin over and over. Forgive us for not following you. Thank you for your grace and for your mercy that is new this morning. Amen.